is going on everybody welcome into another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous thursday september 21st 2023 as always i am your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood here in west texas having a blast Yep, and we have an absolutely banger of a show lined up for you today as we go out and finish out the week (laughs) strong. UK Prime Minister announces U-turn on key green targets. Absolutely fantastic. Um, So we'll cover what's going on in the UK. Breaking records, natural gas supply exports, driving US energy growth. We'll then kick it over how BP strategy stacks up against the super majors. That's in light of uh, the executive shakeup going on. And then finally, the U.S. Army's electric tanks on hold as battery technology develops. Thank goodness. Um, looks like Ukraine won't be seeing those anytime soon. Um, Stu will then kick it over to me. I'll quickly cover um, mainly what's going on in the oil and gas markets, what the fallout is from um, the Fed decision to go ahead and hold interest rates and kind of the fallout from Jerome Powell's comments and press conference that he held afterwards. And then we'll check in with the EIA. They actually dropped the official crude oil storage number. So we will dive into all that and a bag of chips, guys. But first, before we do all that, that all the stories and analysis you are about to hear is brought to you by the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your energy and oil and gas news. Stu and the team does a great job of curating that website to make sure it stays up to speed with everything that you need to know about the energy business. You can follow us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube at Energy Newsbeat. If you really want to support the show, the best way to do that is go subscribe on YouTube. Um, If I was a 16-year-old, I would slam my fist and say, smash that like button, but I won't. I will let them do that. Um, You can also interact with the show questions at energynewsbeat.com. You can go ahead and hit the description below um, in the podcast if you're listening to it or on YouTube. Um, And you can see all the different timestamps and you can um, hit a uh, form where you can fill out to interact or again, emails, questions, energynewsbeat.com, dashboard.energynewsbeat.com. It's our data news combo. Check that out. We love the feedback. We're getting team is hard at work at V2. I'm out of breath though, Stu. Where do you want to begin? What a day in the neighborhood, dude. Rishi uh, Sunak, uh, he's the prime minister over in the UK, announces U-turn on key green targets. Michael, can you hear this? Yep, I've got this. Pop out, pop out, pop out. Those are all <laughs> the green heads blowing up and, and pop, pop, pop. all these these heads are just exploding. Yep. Okay. He announced a major U-turn in the government's climate uh, commitments as he promised to put his party on a more radical path in an attempt to close the gap with labor before the general election. What he's doing is several key moves. And let's get down into the meat here. He says, I've got an opportunity to change things. And what I don't want to do is make another short term decision Uh, easy ways out and ultimately not be straight with the country at what those mean for them. If we continued uh, just a hair more, if we continue down this path, we risk losing the consent of the British people. The resulting backlash would not just be against specific policies, but the wider mission itself, meaning we might never achieve our goal. 
I got to hand it to him. He is going in and one of the biggest things that he's doing is way down in the bottom of the article. He's also rolling back the sale of ICE cars or internal combustion engine cars so that it's going to add another, I believe, three or four years on it. And so he's trying to uh, extend that out. The average person cannot afford the uh, EVs with, yeah, I mean, we talked about that yesterday with the um, strikes going on in the, uh, the U.S. This is really going to change things. And when you sit back, the last thing in here, prices in the U.K. for energy, Michael, when somebody is actually having to pay their electric bill or eat, that's where they are right now in the U.K., so do politicians want to get reelected or do they want to get mugged by the people? Let's see, reelect. And then you're going to see that this is part of the ESG movement that is now collapsing. And so the investors started it and saying we need our money. And then now the politicians in the UK are going, uh, we can't pay for this. That well, because I mean, amongst all of these rollouts, the one that has everybody up in arms is the sale of EVs or the phasing out of petrol diesel vehicles, as they call it in the United uh, in the UK from 2030 petrol. to 2035. So that's it's really only five years. I mean, people are heads are exploding over really just a five year rollback. That's what I think is the craziest part about this. Everyone's freaking out. Didn't really do anything other than said, hey, we're going to give ourselves more time to achieve this goal. Move right. the goal to allow us to actually realistically hit it. I mean, again, yep. I would have gone for hopefully have gone to gone farther. You know, you got to remember this came after a pretty crazy 24 hours. You have to remember he was going to announce this in a planned speech, but it was leaked to the press. So he had to basically announce this 48 hours sooner than he would like to because cab in, in the, the UK, the way their government works, the cabinet still needs to sign off on this. Right. Well, it, this is just like New York City when you and I and uh, New York, when you and I were talking yesterday, all those in favor, let's go ahead and cut all petroleum products and oil and gas out of New York. All those in favor. OK, yeah, we're in. Cut them off. And it's the same thing with uh, the UK. It's now done. Anyway, it's the same thing with the UK. This is almost like Brexit in that they are now admitting that they have a problem. And if you want to go ahead and get there, they need natural gas. They need less renewables and they need to keep their cars yep. because they can't afford the batteries. Okay. Absolutely. What's next? Let's go around the corner to natural gas supply. Breaking records. Nat gas Supply exports driving U.S. energy growth. Michael, this is pretty darn cool. Hats off to the Nat Gas team and uh, the export. Now, by far, the biggest exporter in the world. In the first half of the year, allied nations, including the U.K., Netherlands, France, Spain, and Germany, combined received 50% of the U.S. LNG, according to the EIA. Appalachia, roughly a third of America's total natural gas production. That's pretty darn cool, dude. That's a big field up there. Yeah, it's 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 pretty incredible. And I love how this all comes the week that the elites are gathering for climate week in New in our favorite city, New York City. I, I'm surprised we didn't get an invite. Oh, I would have loved an invite. I would have had a few heads exploding when I walked in the room like the Pope. I'm the Pope of humanity. 
you know, I don't care about wind, solar, batteries, but I walk into a room like the Pope. You're and the I energy go, Pope. I'm the energy Pope. I mean, hey, Dominus Ominous, it'd be all right. Give me the keys. I'll drive. That was Eddie Murphy. That was Stuart Turley doing an Eddie Murphy imitation. That, never mind. So, yeah, the increase is the 3,978 trillion cubic feet in 2022. We got some gas and it's just not politicians, baby. Nope. It's hey, we're getting we're getting everybody full of heat. Let's talk about BP. I love me some BP. You know, I still love it when you waved at Looney and go, hey, don't go to the Christmas party. That was nice. That was nice that you did that. Okay, Um, BP uh, strategy, how BP strategy stacks up against the super majors. We talked about this about a month ago, two months ago. And part of the thing is uh, total energy. You know, that's a Texas way to say total. You had Shell and you had BP all went total all in on renewables. BP has then come back in and let's go through some of these numbers. These numbers are, are pretty interesting. And then the big boys, uh, the real oil and gas companies, Exxon, uh, and all the U.S. companies, just kidding. Okay, BP has curbed capital spending and projects while boosting shareholder payouts. The U.K.'s CapEx frame of 14 to 18 billion is that in line with Total and Chevron. But those two companies have larger market caps. They have the highest percentage of spending devoted to low carbon business. Uh, so they also wanted to go back. And the key difference, Michael, is BP, they're putting a uh, they want to spend as much on shareholder distributions as it invests in business. This formula will not work by them not investing more in CapEx and oil and gas. You peel out your profitability out of oil and gas and you try to do more of what they just said in the uh, mm-hmm. carbon, low carbon, everything else. You're not going to be able to give the money back to the investors. This and this author does a great job of pointing out that while that distribution, as you mentioned, the allocation of 60 percent or more of so-called free cash flow to share buybacks and to support dividend increases of at least 4% annually. That comes on the heels of the 2020 dividend cut, which lost about 50% of the dividend value came in 2020 due to a write-down of a lot of that renewable stuff we talked about. So it's a double-edged sword. You, 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 you on one hand say you're going to continue to invest free cash flow into shareholders. But if there's no free cash flow to go around because it's being dumped into offshore wind, ah, it's like what's going on um, with Ford. They're losing $67,000 on EV cars, yet they can't figure out how to pay their employees. Oh, yeah. That that whole uh, thing is just turning out to be a debacle, uh, Michael. I mean, your assessment yesterday was spot on. And I, I agree with the union right. workers. They deserve some. I mean, when you get a 40% pay raise as the CEO and you're not taking one for the team, you don't deserve to be the CEO as far as I'm concerned. No, no. Spiegel, we'll, we'll talk about your pay after this. We probably got to do some stuff. Oh, I work for free, dude. You know <laughs> Just that. giving you a hard time. Yeah, we got yeah. This last one cracks me up, Stu. Electric Uh-oh. tanks on electric batteries on tanks. Got to love it. Oh, U.S. Army electric tanks on hold as battery technology develops. Mm. You can't buy this kind of entertainment. 
And, you know, do you remember what four months ago or so we had that maybe even five months ago, we had the solar panels going on to EV. I mean, on to tanks, Mm -hmm. there's some technology and Mm -hmm. physics involved in this. Let's go through this here in a sec. Army needs 20 fold increase in battery charging. Let me give you some numbers here. There are no EVs uh, deployed in the battlefield because right now, uh, Michael, if you park in a electric bike into your apartment, they blowed up. I mean, like Larry, the cable <laughs> guy would go, that just blowed up the whole impar- apartment. They're not going to, I mean, you hit a shell or a 22 round at a tank, it will blow up. All right. Let's go in here and it says the technology challenges mean not a single all electric fighting vehicle is currently deployed in the field. Really? But don't worry, the Defense Department is hoping intense interest in scaling up batteries for consumer and utilities will lead to break. No splash. Probably won't. No. Okay. To charge a 50 ton tracked combat vehicle inside the Army's preferred envelope of 15 minutes soldiers would need a 17 megawatt charging station more than 20 times bigger than the largest mobile generator the army currently has <laughs> do you know how much diesel you got all to the front line to charge these tanks do a lot yeah uh i just I'm, okay which came first you bring the charging thing and then you bring all the tankers to charge it. And then they said, uh, oh, this is safer for the men because they won't have to deal with the fuel, the very volatile fuel. Hogwash. They're, I mean, this is here's my thing. If you could actually come up with a battery that stored more in theory, this Army Lieutenant Governor, this Lieutenant General Ross Kaufman, who says this, he uses the phrase ideally. And I agree with him. Ideally, you would be able to go all electric because of the benefit. The problem is we don't live in an ideal world. We live in a world and we live in reality. And unfortunately, reality and physics still mean something. Oh, yeah. And now um, when you sit back and take a look, we have to be mindful of equipping uh, equipping our sons and daughters of this nation with something that's going to be reliable and useful in the battlefield. All right. Leave that one alone. I know what's going to be useful in the battlefield. Not batteries. No. Uh, would you? Okay. Michael, when you've got a 50 ton tank and you add 48 tons of battery to make that 50 ton tank work, you got a 90 ton piece of crap driving around you think it's going to get through the mud and the russian snow heck no it's going to end up in some battery graveyard in the middle of africa oh yeah and the kids are going to get to mine it it's going to you know kill all the elephants oh yeah it's horrible hey instead now it's going to move from saving the whales to saving the elephants i think you've identified the neck round for PETA. save the elephants folks they call me the people's man the popal we appreciate it Um, we'll go ahead and move over to to finance guys um overall markets took a little bit of a plunge today s&p down nine tenths of a percentage point nasdaq drops over 1.5 percentage points off the back of the stew prediction of no rate hike increase uh fair chad drone pal comes out today um one o'clock central time um speaks at 1 30 p.m central time today or as you listen to this yesterday um and 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 confirm that that benchmark 
benchmark 5.25 to 5.5 federal funds rate does stay in effect. And what he, the problem is what he went ahead and signaled and what caused markets to crumble here is mainly the fact that that rate's going to stay there most likely through 2024. So unfortunately not taking Stu's advice of lowering it, but he did exactly what Stu's prediction was, was go ahead and leave that at that 525 to 5.5 uh, federal funds rate. Stu, what is your initial reaction to what Fed Chair Jerome Powell said today? I know you were earnestly watching. I was. And as a matter of fact, I think he's a complete nimrod. And what he was saying spoke out of both sides of his mouth. I mean, he he's on, he's a politician. He, he said he said that the American people that are in the lower income and they're having to borrow money off of their credit cards at 26 percent are doing just fine. What a chowderhead. Okay. Then he went in and he went even further on being stupid. He doubled down on stupid. So he does not know how to fix it. Nope. I, he, he does not. For what that means for oil prices, we actually did see a little bit of a tumble in prices, um, mainly because of that tighter policy the Fed expects through 2024. Um, that really is what caused uh, rates to turn over. We only saw Brent down about three quarters of a percentage point. So um, 70 cents for Brent, only 38 cents for crude oil. We did see the EIA stew come out today. They only did about a 2.1 million barrel draw. We are expecting about a 5 million barrel draw. So again, ease prices a little bit. All that circles into the mixed sentiment. I think we're still in a demand surplus going forward, but it's clear some of that stuff is beginning to wane a little bit. I don't think we back up our predictions. Do you still see $100 oil even after today's Fed announcement? Yes. And I even even see more. Buying more? Yes. And and part of that is due to the interview. I got to see part of the interview with MDS and Brett Baird. I recommend everybody go watch that. It's funny. This is his first interview he's ever done in English. He speaks pretty good English. Um, And so, you know, do you want to speak English or do you just hold off until you're the uh, ruler of the free world? And he is. So um, he's he's got some interesting thing to say. I, I again, Saudi Arabia first. They got it going. And next 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 we'll be doing the show live from Riyadh, I guess. Uh, I think it'd be great. Uh, I did get warned today on LinkedIn, by the way. You got a warning from LinkedIn for saying what? Um, it was actually I commented on Tom uh, Kirkman. And you I guys are insane, by the way. <laughs> insane. I basically said that uh, Ukraine was a crime scene and that I don't approve of uh, giving the money anymore. And Tom politely reminded me and he says there is a new death squad funded by the U.S. And anybody in the U.S. now saying that uh, bad things about Ukraine. Well, I love Tom. I don't I can't tell when he's joking when he's not. (laughs) I can't either. I, I can't either. So I'm gonna I'm gonna quit talking about Zelensky and Ukraine. Ukraine. That's our CEO, folks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, you got anything else, Stu? What should people be scared of? This is our last show of the week. We got the weekly recap coming on Saturday. Yep. Um, and we've got your what? What do you drop it on Friday, interview wise? Uh, the staff has a couple good ones in there, and I'm not sure which one they're going to get me first. So it's going to be a surprise. But I have had phenomenal guests, and I've got phenomenal guests coming around the corner. We so. do have one with uh, uh, Combo Curve, uh, their director right. of client success. I can't pronounce Dan. What's his last name? G- Gilardi? Yeah, that, that's it. He's a bit Italian. 
Hey. Hey. Putin. Hey. Hey. So, no, we're going to have a, a bunch of great podcast drop. No, so it'll be great. You'll hear the weekly recap on Friday, and then Stu and I will be back raging on Monday to bring you all of the news. We appreciate you sticking with us through this week, but with that, we're, we're going to let you get out of here uh, and let you get up finish your week. You made it through the week, guys. Great job. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We're going to give it up to the weekly recap. We'll see you on Monday, folks.